Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you thrive on camera and in life by tapping into your superpowers and making an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, credible authenticity. Authenticity means to be real, actual, true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. While credible means worthy of confidence or trust. Putting these two together says, you're not just telling me you're authentic, you're showing me. Here to discuss how we can get to the place of credible authenticity is Barb Morrison, who is an American recording artist, top five Billboard dance chart songwriter, and platinum producer for numerous artists such as Blondie, Rufus Wainwright, Franz Ferdinand, LP, and Asia Kate Dillon. Welcome, Barb. I can't believe this is the first time ever two Barb's in the house. In I know. Hi. So you do go by Barb. Uh, oh, yeah. My family calls me Barb. My inner okay. voice calls me Barb. Okay. I'll do Barb for you. You can Barb. So what does credible authenticity mean to you? So, you know, I'm glad this topic came up here because my wife and I were talking about this a few weeks ago, and um, <clears throat> it feels like it's a word like authenticity feels like a word that gets thrown around a lot right now, especially on social media. Um, and people are just, you know, hashtag authenticity, hashtag be your authentic self. Right. So and they're not really stopping to think what it is. And I feel like people are just using it as a blanket to prove their worth through this, you know, this, this platform that we have now, which is we're all on it, social media, but people are trying to convince us um, and themselves that like curated photo shoots and like random poetry quotes are like revealing their quote unquote authentic selves, right? Really the fact of the matter is, is that authenticity is, it's a, it's a feeling, it's an inner belief that not only proves like it doesn't prove itself by how people feel around you, but how you feel when you look yourself in the eye. Right. So for me, you know, for instance, like when was the last time you went in the bathroom, locked the door, looked in the mirror and stared into your own eyes? When was the last, like, that's a very intimate thing to do. And so, so I, I encourage the listeners to try that and see what comes up for you. Like, do you have an open dialogue with yourself? Do you speak to yourself with kindness? Do you know how to hold yourself accountable? Can you talk yourself through fear instead of around it? There's a lot of stuff that comes up around the real looking yourself in the eye. So we can get into that as, as the podcast goes. But yeah, it's been like a real thorn in my side that like people have been using hashtag authenticity. Eh, it's not really authenticity, is it? You put up a really slick photo shoot of yourself. I don't know if that's authenticity. I think that we just discovered we are members of a club we didn't know existed. Which is? This, that I could not agree with you more. And you have to remember, okay. I'm a media coach. So when you ask, how often do I go look in the mirror and talk to myself? Every day. Awesome. Um, awesome. What do I, you know, encourage my clients to do? The exact same. And, and for one honest reason is you're there every day, ideally, you know, brushing teeth shaving, putting on makeup, what have you. So it's, these become ways to integrate new habits and rituals into things that you're already doing. Yeah. And to that point is to, because one, as a communicator, you have to start to learn what your facial expressions are. 
how all of this is part of your own toolkit. And, and to your very insightful point, it is hugely uncomfortable for most people the first time you, to actually start looking yourself in the eye. It's one thing to your point to say affirmations. It's another thing to look at yourself in the mirror and say affirmations. Right. And 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 you can laugh a little bit because it does feel a little bit like Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live. And depending on you know, where you're coming from, it could be very self-conscious and awkward. But that is the hardest thing to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm worthy. I'm enough. I'm awesome. I deserve this. I didn't deserve that. What have you? And we were chatting, you know, before I hit record about the pandemic. And I quickly figured out that um, I wasn't into singing happy birthday twice. As long as I was washing my hands for 30 seconds or whatever that was, I started doing affirmations. Mm. Well, you know, I, to your point right there, I, I don't know if, um, you know, you're, you, you're talking a lot about media. So you're talking a lot about facial expressions where my, my medium is sound. Right. Right. So there's a lot of acting and expression that goes on either just talking in a recording or obviously my my neighborhood is singing right um so there's there are so many nuances to that stuff and i think that instead of just saying the stuart smalley affirmations i think it's important if you do go in the bathroom and look yourself in the eye to just like put down the stuart smalley stuff and talk to yourself like a friend like I, I recently did a session. I'm not going to say which one it was because I don't want to make any of my artists like feel self-conscious, but I recently did a session and it was a great session in the studio. And I came home that night and I walked in the bathroom and I looked myself in the eye and I went, you know what you just did today, don't you? Like, and, and I said, and I went, you, you did that. And that's what I would say to a friend. That's what I would say to a friend. So treat yourself with kindness that way. Treat yourself as a friend. Treat, you know, celebrate the friend in you, that bond. And also on the flip side of that, if there's something really messed up going on that you're, you know, in fear, that you're sad, that you're angry about, you can also say to yourself, what's going on with you right now? Like the same you would say to a friend, hey, what's happening? Do you, is this really worth you getting mad over? Come on. What, what are you so scared about today? So talk to yourself that way instead of being like, I am enough. I, I feel like the I am enough is another thing that is like, hashtag I am enough. It's like, do you want to just be enough? I don't. I want to thrive. I don't want to just be enough. So this thing that gets tossed around, like I am enough, I don't care about being enough. I want to be, I want to be great, you know? And if you're not getting there and if you have some negative stuff going on, just talk yourself through it like a friend. But I certainly don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. Mm, I love it. That's my mission in life to help people thrive on camera and in their communication and their lives because so many people come in and I think you're saying exactly this with the aim of actually surviving the experience. I don't want to survive life. Right. I want to thrive in life. Yeah. So I want to dive in there now because one of the things I didn't mention in the intro in, amongst you're like, amazing career is you actually mentor musicians, which I just think is amazing and um, and delighted here because we've actually known each other for years and I've always known that there there was this coach in you. Mm. So um, anyway, explain to me what the, the music mentoring is. 
Well, so that came out of the pandemic because, you know, uh, we couldn't go anywhere and our whole lives turned into Zoom. And I was like, I guess I could, I did actually produce people on Zoom, but, um, you know, there was something deeper happening in the pandemic. We all isolated. Isolation is used as torture in prisons. So it's not great for the human being. It's not great for, um, I mean, it's not even great for animals. It's not, you know, it's an animal instinct to not, you want to, you want to be with others. Right. Um, so I just thought to myself, like, if everybody's sitting at home and they're just, especially these musicians or artists are just sitting at home with their instruments, they're going to start to go off the rails a little here. So let's see if we can, you know, lock people in for an hour and really get them to talk about what's happening. And so it's an hour a week on Zoom. People sign up for, you know, three months, six months, whatever. Um, and, you know, for lack of a better term, it's life coaching with music is really what it is. But um, someone's told me that I was like a music doula, which I really enjoyed that term. I thought that was great um, just because I really like watching the thing happen from nothing to a whole song. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So that that felt good. But um, what we do is we just we get to truth, you know, we get to to the credible authenticity, you know, when I, when I was just kind of giving you my, my speech, my opening speech here, it's, and I said, it's a feeling. One of the main ways we feel that authenticity, the real authenticity is we know it through art and we know, you know, and I know, I know you're a music fan. We know when a song is being sung with truth. Mm -hmm. We know when a piece of art is being conveyed from the heart, right? So even in this day and age of fake followers and scheduled Instagram posts, all of us instinctively, we instinctively know when our bullshit detector is going off, right? So you you hear like a Jeff Buckley song and inside you say, as a musician, you can say, oh, he was saying that thing that I didn't know how to say. Mm -hmm. Not even as, as a non-musician, you could do that. Wow, Joni Mitchell said that thing that I didn't know how to translate, but she just said it. You know, you hear it and it falls on your ears and it falls on your heart and it falls on your soul and you just know it's real. So that's my goal in Music Mentor is to help musicians not cookie cutter, phone it in. I spent decades in my career trying to do what I thought was right. Is this the way to make a pop record? Is this the way to make a hip hop record? I, I grew up listening to hip hop. I mean, I'm I I I was a hip hop DJ in the early 2000s. But like there's this thing where you're like, am I doing the right hip hop thing? Am I doing the right pop thing? Am I doing the right dance thing? No, we don't need to think about any of that. So so in Music Mentor, I I get people in this Zoom box and I I look them in the eye and I say instead of trying to make the right pop record or the right dance record or whatever you're trying to fit into, what is it that's like unique about you? That's, that's your story and your message to the world. A lot of these people don't have children. This is the only legacy they're going to leave behind is their art. So that's what music mentor is. Maybe I kind of went a little too far with it, but that's, you know, that's what I, I just try to get people to their truth so that they feel they feel like they didn't phone it in. You could tell when somebody's trying to make a, a cookie cutter pop song. Come on. We know it. We know well, it. 
Yes, we do know it. But I actually am really curious is how you became self-aware around that for you. What was either that feeling, that uh, moment? Because you started asking yourself these questions and this is what's valuable when people are listening. It's, it's like, wow, how to tap into that. So this also happened in the pandemic for me. And you could say, one could say that I had a pretty hefty career before the pandemic. But something happened to me in the pandemic where I was given a set of circumstances where I really, really had to trust my instincts on something, whether it was it was good or not. And I had some people telling me, this isn't good. And then I checked in with my team, my engineers and my mixers and my masters. And we all were like, you know what? screw what these people are saying. This is actually a masterpiece. And I'm not trying to like blow my own horn, but we were really proud of this work we did. And sitting in that self-truth about it, you know, it took some going inside, right? And I think that this is the, this is the kind of the rah-rah of like, I wrote this perfect song and it's everybody's going to say yay. Or... I wrote this song and some people are questioning it and I know it's great. And I went inside and I looked inside and I said, this is what we got. This is the story. I mean, look, they, they, a couple labels passed on the Beatles at first. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, you, you got to trust yourself on what you're doing. Right. So I just, somewhere in the pandemic, I was like, I'm sick of writing and producing music. That's the perfect pop song. That's the perfect dance song. That's the perfect rock song. That's the. I'm sick of it. I, and, I, and I just thought to myself, all I have in this life is to bring Barb Morrison to the table. That's really all I have. I, I don't have anything else. So am I going to bring Barb Morrison to the table here or not? And I just think that Again, this goes back to all the the wash over that we have from social media. I mean, like we see some billionaire jumping into a spaceship and we're supposed to think like, wow, that's cool. That's brave. I wish I had all that money. I would... But what I think truly shows in a person's character is their ability to explore inner space, not outer space. And I'm much more impressed by someone who is studying their own reactions to situations, trying to evolve through those findings, um, than by somebody who flashes their perfectionism. I'm going to write the perfect pop song. The real cash and prizes to me is like the in the becoming of ourselves in this in this short human life, right? I mean, it is short. If we live to be a hundred, I think it's still kind of short in the grand scheme of things, and. Oh, it just goes by so fast. So music mentor, the question is, I encourage everybody to do that in your songwriting, in your art, in your writing. If you're an author, encourage them to look in their own eyes, meditate, get to know yourself, call yourself on your own shit, get to a place where you truly have faith in yourself, where you can say, yeah, I trust myself, which is what happened to me in that situation in the pandemic. I said, no, you know what? I trust myself. This is a this is a beautiful piece of work. And um, yeah, to me, that's 
I, that is credible authenticity, right? So that's what I try to get musicians to do. And that's not always easy. People, who they, a lot of them do not like it. <laughs> we just tapped into so much. That was beautiful. And and what a gift that is, because you get to that place one where you understand anything sustainable has to feed your soul. Yeah. And where some, so many people burn out, whatever that is, is because if it's not feeding your soul, it's not sustainable. At some point it will catch up with you to that beautiful moment where it stops being about external validation and you've looked into inner space and you trust yourself that, I mean, to me, that's kind of what consciousness is, right? That's stunning. And then back to the material world, something you pointed out very well, and it's such an important thing for creatives to remind themselves of any kind of entrepreneur actually, is that money should not be sales. The um, only indicator of success or how we judge anything, because then I have lists upon lists. I have fun things like, you know, how many times XYZ was rejected by publishers, et cetera, et cetera. On top of it, how many things that are considered great or classics or things that we love, like even It's a Wonderful Life was a flop. Right. when it came out right um on and on and on so that we have to have distance from that because maybe the riches will follow maybe that's not what it's all about for you but that's certainly and then going back to what we just talked about clicks and likes are not what it's all about um so much can be manipulated so it's just you have to let go of that sort of external thing and the idea that you could look yourself into your soul and into your eyes and say i'm so proud of what i just created is that's the that's it that's yeah, or or maybe even the proud doesn't even come yet, but the this is actually me part comes. Oh, it's beautiful. And I have to say, Barb, like, you know, I spent some decades in my life trying to do perfectionism in my art, and I was struggling. I was like, why can't I really? I had I had the resume. I was doing stuff that people would have said, hey, you're a success, but I wasn't really getting ahead. And as soon as this thing clicked in in the pandemic, all of a sudden you saw, I put up a thing the other day on social media. I said, I I'm sorry to my artists that I haven't posted. Every, every day I wake up and like two, three more of my artists are like, here's another success of mine. Here's another success of mine. It's great because I get to see that they're doing the work and now they're like, they're actually like moving forward because they they have the stuff to back it up now. You know, so it's nice. It all came together as soon as I started saying, yeah, I'm just going to bring me. I can't I can't do anything else. I'm tired. I was going to bring me to the table. And if you guys don't like it, like, sorry, like it translated. It translated very well. So and I'm, I'm you know, my my artists will tell you the same thing. I think it's important to point out something here, though, too, is actually intention and because you're, all I can do is bring me to the tables coming from a place of love. Sometimes when people haven't tapped into the credible authenticity, that all I can just, you have to accept me as I am. That same exact language can actually be a defense mechanism. And so just to point out when you're like, all I can do is bring me, love it or not, is sometimes you're backing up with the actual self-love. Well, there's two sides to that coin. You can use hubris with it. Yeah. Exactly. Or you can use true vulnerability with it. Exactly. And if you make sure you stay in the vulnerability, there's a, um, if you Google 
Barb Morrison, Debbie Harry, needless to say, there's a little storyteller thing that happened at the Carlisle Hotel. Oh, do tell. This little show. Uh, it, it's it, you can Google it. It's it's on it's on YouTube. But it's the story about we wrote this song together called Needless to Say, and she got to a very vulnerable. I helped her get to a very vulnerable place with this song, and as we know with Debbie, Debbie's like the the queen of cool, right? She's the queen of cool. Like she's 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 almost like ice cool, right? But you never really hear like a heart and soul love song from her. You really don't in any of her lyrics. You don't really hear that heart and soul, that vulnerability. So we got to a place, and I, I don't want to ruin the story. The listeners can do an easy Google about it. But she got nervous with this song after we wrote it. She was just, she tried to fight me and her manager. She did not want it on the record. And it was just because, she, you know, she brought her vulnerability. And it was a beautiful thing. And it was such a simple song. It was so simple. Needless to say, I love you was the chorus. That's it. Very simple. But ooh, did that make her nervous? <laughs> it made her nervous. So it's, you know, it's unnerving. It's unnerving when we do that. But people can feel it. They can Absolutely. see it. And when we're not doing it, their bullshit detector goes off. I'm not saying that our bullshit detector has gone off with her. She's she's backed up all her coolness, but she never really quite tapped into that one thing. You know, we love her for what she does. We love her for what she's done her whole her whole career. Of course, I wouldn't change any of that. But this was a new this was a new frontier that she dipped her toe into. That I, alone is just incredible. Because the, the fact that there's there's room for growth at any age, we never right. we never stop. And that's just stunning. And then also Coach Morrison, the fact that it was you, of course, who facilitated this. I, I love this theme. I actually want to segue. That's kind of a music thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> and spelled very interesting. Yes. Interestingly. I learned that spelling B word. I learned that in college radio. And to your point, I, yeah, at first I didn't know what that was. Anyway, I digress. I wanted to get, because also in the pandemic and part of this in the notion of storytelling was you taking time to actually think through to tell your own story. Are you comfortable talking about that? I am. I, I, in the, in the pandemic, I wrote a book, I wrote a memoir. It had been, you know, bubbling up and, you know, I, if I didn't get it out of me, I think I was going to explode or implode. Um, and it's a story, it's, it's a story about my life. And, you know, when you say it's about your life, it's, it's how I got to where I am right now today, actually to, in this room that I'm sitting in. It, it talks about how I got to this actual room. And it, it's just a, it's a little bit of a thought provoking uh, question for the readers of how do we, how do we collaborate with the universe and have this life? right? We, we all have a life. We all have a story. We all have this stuff that happens to us. But for lack of a better, I'm just going to use a gender blanket, man's will versus God's will. And I'm not afraid of the G word, but like, however you want to say it, universe will. Let's say person's will versus the universe's will, if we want to be politically correct. Um, 
And how do we collaborate with that every day? How do we wake up and, and know how to put the right amount of our will into every day and not drive ourselves like, you know, off the deep end? So I, I called it, I thought about that and I, I thought about how we do that. And so I called it bottoming for God in the, you know, the sex term topping and bottoming, right? So how do we bottom for God? How do and we- what does that mean? How do we lay back and there's going to be a whole podcast about it too, but like, how do you know, how do we lay back and let the universe love us and take that, take that love, whether, and I use the word love very loosely because sometimes the universe can, you know, get pretty harsh on us. Right. So how do we, how do we do that? How do we collaborate in that, in that dance? How do we, how do we do that? that ballet with with the forces that be and i think that once we as human beings can at least do that dance i think that's where our serenity lies i think once i have i have one music mentor person that is a is a dance they they do a lot of dance I'm not going to mention them. And I also don't want to like use their philosophies too much. But one thing that I will say is that dance is a symbolism for everything that goes on with us, right? That's why dance is so beautiful. That's why when we go to see, I, I never liked, I never liked ice skating, figure skating. I was like, ah, whatever. I went to go see Olympic figure skating once and I was blown away by the amount of collaboration between the two beings that has to go on. And not just the two beings, the space, the gravity, the ice, the air, everything, right? So this is bottoming for God. This is like, how do we how do we collaborate with all these forces and not kick and scream? Because the kicking and screaming in life is what, you know, I look back now on a couple of things that happened to me. I, I just had a situation where... I thanked somebody that I thought was like my biggest ne nemesis. I actually was meditating. I meditate on our back porch. We live we live out in the country. And I was meditating and I was thanking this person from like two decades ago that I thought was like my biggest villain. But I, I had enough space to be like, you know what? If that person didn't push me, I wouldn't have grown. So this is all the collaboration of like bottoming for God. This is all, you know, like, how do I, how do I know when to lay back and take it? You know? So that podcast will be now that you're making me talk about it. I guess I'm going to have to do it soon, Barb. I think so. <laughs> I want to ask you then, what are some of the questions you ask yourself and your mentees to get to that place of credible authenticity? Like, what are, what are the questions to ask ourselves? I mean, right off the bat, what are you really trying to say? Drop the bullshit and tell me what you're really trying to say. And that's the thing that I was talking about when you look at yourself in the mirror and you mm -hmm. talk to yourself like a friend. Because I'll say that to a friend. What's really going on? You're really angry, but are you having a bunch of grief about this, maybe? If you can get to the tears under the anger, stuff like that. If you can get to the fear under the tears, you know, it's always, it's always layers of the onion, right? So how far deep can we go down in there? And then with sound, how do we paint that picture? Because mm -hmm. I meant to say earlier, you know, voice is hugely important in my space. 
tone is tone, uh, breathing, pacing, timber. Yeah. uh, All of it is enormously important and completely um, can change meaning. Where you pause can change the meaning of a, a, a phrase or a sentence. Obviously, tone can make one word seem happy and joyful and welcoming and then this that same word can sound terrifying yeah i mean that's part that's part of i'm not going to give away my music mentor tips because i want people to sign up but um but there is there is that you know in the studio you know there's a big difference if if i tell somebody to go into the booth and say if i say listen um i want you to do this take and the person is right next to you, and I want you to be saying it right in their ear, as opposed to I want you to stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and shout this message to the masses. Both are powerful, right? Both are powerful, but they're very different. All the things that you just said, texture, tone, timbre, all of it, right? That's directing talent. Yes. Yes. I mean, well, that's what a good producer is. Absolutely. That, that's understanding the... the vocabulary, the building trust to understand, to look at us. You just be able, it's a lot of instinct, but also experience to be like, you know what, in this moment. Right. And then, and then what you did with Deborah Harry is to get somebody out of where they are. And often it's to stop looking inward and start just looking, not necessarily looking outward, but it's a, so much about trust. And then to go, and so from an acting point of view, that's when we get into it's your present yeah. and your breath is connecting to what you're doing, you're saying, and it's yeah. just, and then it becomes flow. Yeah. And that's, that's it, right? This is, even talking about it makes me feel serene. Mm. Like even, ta- even hearing you just describe it just made me go like, <laughs> like I was like, okay, now I'm where my feet are. Now mm. we're, you know. So it's, it's, uh, you know, what do you want out of life? Do you want, like, you want to go to the moon or do you want to feel good in your skin? That's what, you know, where, what are we doing here? <laughs> there you go. I mean, it depends on why you want to go to the moon, but you know, from a coaching thing, it'd be like, and then, okay, then you went to the moon and then what? Right. And that's, that's the, that's the problem with all those billionaires that are going to the moon. They're like, and now what, you know? And I spent a lot of time just because of my own gender stuff. I spent a lot of time trying to feel right in my skin. And I think, I don't even think that's just a gender thing. I think that's for everybody. Yeah. I think we're all just walking around the planet being like, we're under this guise that everybody's got it figured out. None of us have it figured out. We're all walking around going like, I'm really scared and I don't know. So as long as you kind of can connect with everybody doing that same thing, then you go like, all right, we're all in the fight together. Let's just like chill. I like, love that. Can I share with you something that blew my mind? Cynthia Garrett, another VH1 person, by the way, was on the podcast and she mentioned something I had never known. I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't realize that larvae um, and butterflies struggle in the cocoon. Big time. Big time. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I was asleep during science class. Was it not mentioned? Were the movies I watched with the time? No, I think they didn't want us to know. They didn't want us to Is know. Is that it? Because I remember the time-lapse <laughs> photography and it was always very beautiful and gentle. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this all week and going, 
did they tell me? And I was like willfully ignorant, but this completely is blowing my mind because it's a version of what you just said is that A, it's universal and we all feel it, but then the beauty and the marvel of the idea that all that struggle, the emerges one of the most creatures, beautiful creatures on earth. And also the idea of the strength in those delicate wings. I mean, they appear delicate, yet they're so strong and they fly. And I was just like, oh, it's the struggle that produced that. And this is what came up for me when I was meditating, because I think it was a few weeks ago when I was thinking of this person that I had drawn as the villain. This person was such a source of struggle for me. But I was just in that cocoon. So I'm good now. That's amazing. I hope my life is a little longer than that of a monarch butterfly, though, because I'm enjoying it right now. So it is what you want it to be. Exactly. So when are you launching the podcast? Um, well, <laughs> you just pushed me into it. So um, I guess I'm going to that'll probably be, you know, 2023. We my wife and I have some traveling to do. We're going to Italy. And um, so, yeah, that'll be a 2023, I guess, earlier than I expected. And you promise you'll come back? come back on this podcast. Yes, please. I would love to. That'd be fantastic. Now, where can people find you? Because people who don't know you need to know you. Uh, I'm an easy Google Barb Morrison, but uh, my website's Barb Morrison Music. And I'm Barb Morrison Music online. Um, that's that's where you find me. And, and people can find you for mentorship, yes. inspiration, <laughs> fun quotes, you name it. And great music. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in media coaching for you or your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Mm -hmm.